Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and we watched several things this week, all very, very different. We watched The Suicide Squad, which is the latest DC Comics film. It's from James Gunn. We also watched a film called Nine Days, and I'm going to actually give you a synopsis of that film because it's in sort of limited release right now. Nine Days follows a reclusive man who is conducting a series of interviews with human souls for a chance to be born. Five contenders emerge, and during the course of nine days, Will, the character, tests each of them, but he can only choose one. The victor will be rewarded with a coveted opportunity to become a newborn in the real world, while the others will cease to exist. And finally, we watched Cooking with Paris, which is a new show on Netflix. I'm going to issue a huge spoiler alert for everything. We go into some serious detail about The Suicide Squad and Nine Days. Uh, Cooking with Paris, there's less to spoil there. But I just want to give a heads up that if you are planning on seeing some of these things, and we might not necessarily suggest you see some of them, be aware that we are going to talk about the plot points of them. Also, a bit of a content warning for Nine Days. There is a discussion about suicide. Just be aware. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's we're watching what? Let's start with The Suicide Squad. And it, this is one that I'm, again, maybe it's just the the new moon or whatever it is. My barometer of whether or not you two, I guess, tolerated it for this one is off because I don't, I don't know where you landed. So where, how did we feel? <laughs> I mean, it depends on, on the person, I think, like that I'm talking to. It's like, no, for yourself, will for say, yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to say, well, because I will say, for me, it wasn't as devastatingly bad as I thought the trailer looked. Okay. But I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't like it. Like, it's like a thing where, like, there were moments that I thought were okay, and I did like certain things, and I was like, oh, okay, and some surprisingly slightly more emotional beats than I expected in parts, but I also really, really, really disliked a lot of it. And I think it comes down to also, like, I think I've just, I've realized, like, and I think I already knew this, but I just, James Gunn's humor is just not my humor. So I didn't find very much of it funny. Okay. And I know it was trying really hard to be really, really funny. Mm -hmm. And I think it works for certain people. And that's totally fine. I just think it's not really my humor. Okay. Jackie? Yeah. I mean, there were parts of it that I actually have enjoyed quite a bit, which I didn't expect. I didn't expect to like any of it. So that was something. I understand his stick is just to like take the weirdest things in comics and then make them into movies or something. And and I can understand like why people like it, I guess, except for it's just not my thing. Like I don't the Starro stuff was so dumb and I just I couldn't get over it. Like I just I don't think it's funny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just embarrassed it's happening on screen. <laughs> We actually we watched it together, and we I, at one point in the film, I remember, I don't remember what was happening, but something happened, probably with Ratcatcher, because I think I liked her, Ratcatcher 2, I think I liked her the best, mm-hmm. besides Harley, and I remember something happened, and I remember turning to you, Jackie, and I remember saying, it's funny because I keep on, there keep on being moments that are almost tricking me into thinking this can be a decent film, but then I keep, but then I immediately remember that we're working toward this horrible CG starfish. <laughs> That is like the biggest threat we're facing is the starfish. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I know it's a ridiculous thing that is in comics and things like that, but it's just like I remember like every time I thought there was some merit, I kept being reminded by myself that like, no, 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 this is still a movie that is leading toward a huge, horribly CG starfish. That is the big threat, and it just it cheapens the whole thing. I mean, but by that token, you know, Godzilla or King Kong or any of those things, those are all the same. 
issue. Not the same as this purple no, and blue it's starfish. Not. Oh, blue no, star it's, it's not the same. No, it is not the same thing. It's not that I can't believe that a starfish could be a devil, whatever. It's just that it's like, it was handled, it's just handled with such a, to me, stupid way. And it, this is character that like, I get people like, and that James Gunn likes the character, and that's why he wanted to do it. But this huge, dumb looking pink and blue starfish with a big eye in its center. And it's really badly CG, done with CG, in my opinion. It doesn't look real at all. You go to these other films, and like, yeah, there are really dumb movies as well. And I, to be clear, I don't like most Godzilla or King Kong movies either. But yeah, it may they not don't. Be my but thing they either. look. But they try to look badass. This was just like I get it's a comedy thing, but I just kept thinking like this is so dumb. <laughs> okay, just, I couldn't. I couldn't get past it. I mean, that's fair. I th- these are all fair. I was. I was. I thought maybe there was a small chance that, in part, because you know we didn't rewatch Suicide Squad, but just comparatively, comparatively, actually, I guess that's a question, right? Did you find this preferable to the first film? What's funny is I don't have some, I don't like love the first film or anything, but I don't hate it as much as everyone does. I don't think it's a good film, but I also see merits in that movie. And I really did enjoy Margot as Harley. And that was our first go with her, of course. Mm -hmm. And I have consistently enjoyed Margot as Harley. In fact, I think her Oh, she's the standout of this. Yeah. Yeah. And her storyline in this was such a different film. And we both wanted to watch that movie instead. It was like, I'd rather watch this entire film than whatever's going on with this starfish. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I I look at the first Suicide Squad as with her being also the standout in that to me, thinking like it's a Harley movie and I like that. I liked Jared Leto's Joker in a weird way. I, I wanted more of him in the film. I was I was into that and I was into the the mad love aspect of the film, I guess, if you will, with the Joker Harley stuff. And so there are things about it I like okay. And so I would probably put this on a similar it's it's a better film, I'd say, than that is structurally, but I would put it on a similar level of where I found enjoyment in certain parts of it, but also as a whole, I'm like, this is messy. Okay. Jackie? You know? I don't know. I mean <laughs> uh <laughs> you know? She's like, please tell me I don't have to watch either ever again. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so I will say that, like, I liked the Harley bits of this movie, this new one, so much. I was, like, living for her and her, like, you know, flowers and fake birdies Mm -hmm. and, like, that whole sequence I thought was just, like, incredible. And I loved that she killed him when she saw a red flag. And I just, like, there was just, like, so much to just love about that storyline. So, like, if I could make that a movie and only watch that, mm-hmm. then I would, you know, like that better. But I like weirdly like did really enjoy the Enchantress for some reason in oh, the first no. one. Like, that stands up to me, <laughs> no. and it's so funny because it's terrible. But I don't, I haven't, I don't watch it like Matt watches it. So I haven't seen it in a really long time. So for me, I think, I think Matt and I actually watched it. Fairly recently, I was just gonna say, like Matt, do you rewatch it? Yeah, he does. I do sometimes, not like a ton at all, but I do. I do from time to time. I, I really, like I said, I really enjoy the Harley Joker parts of it a lot, and I like the parts with Joker trying to go get Harley. I love, you know, bad accent and all. I love the Mad Love story. Like I love seeing the bits when, like, I want the movie of them. Like I love seeing the bits when she is, you know, his psychiatrist and. When she jumps into the acid and the whole the cheesy, I love all of that comic book aspect. And so while I'm here talking about a starfish is stupid, that stuff's stupid too. But it just speaks to me. I love it. I love that. And so there's enough in the film that I like that I can rewatch it. 
And so I do every now and then because it's just kind of an easy, dumb, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But I will say this one, while I do think it was a little too long, I think this one also did capture the fun of a comic book a lot better than Mm -hmm. the first one did. Mm -hmm. But I also will sit here and tell you, I think Birds of Prey captured everything better than both of these. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. The things I liked about this one, I enjoy the like switcheroo of the cast. I liked that we killed everyone in the first, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. Right. And then sort of had to move on. It wasn't even 20 minutes. It was like 10 minutes. (laughs) So I, I was happy with that. Like, I thought that was kind of a neat twist. I hated what they did to Savant. I'm deeply offended <laughs> and will never recover from how horrible that was. So, you know, screw them. Savant is supposed to be this, like, attractive dude. I can't with what they did to him. But anyway, yeah, if I could, I did enjoy that I felt like the scale of the movie in the sense that it wasn't like a world ending event, sort of like the first Suicide Squad where like they would have called the Justice League. There's no way they would let this gang of, you know, other people handle it. Mm -hmm. So I did like that this one was a more realistic situation. Realistic situation. (laughs) Um, The the stakes. The stakes (laughs) felt, you know, like low enough for them to have tried something like the Suicide Squad on Mm -hmm. this situation. So it felt a little more scaled to like their abilities and things in that sense. So I, I did really like that about it. And it felt very comic book, which is great. It's just the comic book stuff I don't like. So like if, <laughs> even if I was reading a comic book with Starro in it, I wouldn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like that's not those aren't the parts of comic books that I love. I, I don't like that stuff. So I, I just don't think James Gunn makes comic book movies for the comics that I enjoy, really. That is fair. <laughs> Well, what's and what's funny, a quick little tidbit about that beach scene where everyone was dying. You know, obviously we're spoilers here. I always have yeah. to say that, but I know everyone knows. But I was laughing because at that, I remember when they're getting to that beach, I turned to Jackie and I was like, there's a shot of the beach. And I was like, you know when you can just, you look at something in a film and you can just tell it's a miniature? Like you just <laughs> see it and you're like, I can just tell. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is maybe the worst set of all time, but like whatever. And she was like, you know, but I'm really thankful to see a set. Because like we're moving <laughs> off of like, <laughs> yep. And I, I give it that. It, it, you know, for for the CG that I didn't appreciate in it, I also think that you know it was really apparent that they filmed places and like built sets and did stuff that felt a little more kind of okay. Like it felt somehow more real than Jungle Cruise. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean? So everything practical. feels everything does. And but, so it was like Jungle one Cruise, of those things yeah. where we were just kind of like laughing about like yeah. how low the bar is now. And yeah. we were just like, you know what? But there is a set. And I'm thankful for a set. Yeah. And the rest of it looks better. It's just that beach that I was just so aware this was not a beach. Like, I was just so aware. It just, for some reason, I don't know what it was. I think it's so funny that you two have picked up on, like, you know, you're saying the bar is so low. Yes, there's a set. For me, I was like, there's not really a plot. I mean, there is a plot, right? Yeah. It's it's fight the big bad. But this movie spent no time on setup or they spent one sequence on it. But I actually thought if you're going to do this, that's fine. Right. Because we, before we started recording, we talked about it's a sequel. It's a sequel. You kind of needed to see the, I mean, you didn't need to, but it was helpful to see the first movie to have context. But I think you could probably drop in cold to this one. As long as you understand the world of comics. I mean, they set up the Amanda Waller's, it was subtler than they did the first time. Right. 
So the, you know, but the first I time you spent a long time on her being like, I'm right. this person and I'm recruiting you and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to get out of jail. Right. Yeah, this and was they, just, there was a very brief, <laughs> very brief, brief <laughs> about how, what she did and what it was about. And I kind of enjoyed that about it because at this point, you know, like I never need to see Batman's origin story ever, ever, no, ever, ever again. Yeah. And so I appreciate anything that doesn't rehash stuff and like stuff it down our throats in a way that's just like, annoying. Yeah, ag- agreed. I thought this was just like, we're going into it. There's going to be a giant starfish at the end. <laughs> Have fun. I appreciate that about it as well. But I, but yeah, I would say I, I still think that, yeah, you do benefit from having seen the first one as far as understanding completely what they're doing and why they're yeah. using these prisoners and stuff. So you could go into this cold and get what you need to get out of it. But I do think there's still that additional layer of depth that is still kind of missing a little bit. It benefits from the first one doing it so dryly. Densely, yeah. Yes. You know, in a weird way. I don't know. I guess I didn't. I thought that the Rat Catcher 2 girl, I liked her, but I blood sport in her, you know, and him trying to protect her. Like, I thought that was so one cheesy and just so obvious. And then especially when the daughter was the reason why he was there. Right. It didn't feel very earned to me. Like it felt very like eh, cheesy. Well, you know. I think that may have worked. I don't know if better. Cause I, I preferred Idris Elba as the leader to Will Smith's dead shot. Was he dead shot? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Always. But in, any situation. in terms of the story they were setting up because the whole Will Smith and the first one, one was about the daughter and all this stuff. And, you know, all of those things, it would have made sense that you've already got this character who's established as a paternal figure. He's got all those hangups. That would have made sense. So to have the, you know, two black male character leads have the exact same sort of motives felt a little strange. And, I'm, you know, it's quite possible that that Bloodsports, you know, I don't know enough about Bloodsports background. Like maybe that's his comic origins. But I was just like, oh, we couldn't have just differed this a little bit. You know, I like, just I, didn't want to pay no, for Will Smith. Either. Is that what it was? I bet you Will Smith said he no. wasn't available. <laughs> yeah, wasn't, yeah. Or he said he wasn't available. Or but like it's probably yeah. please no. I've made enough mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, it's interesting. I agreed. I was like, it's so interesting. Like we're just doing a daughter thing again. And I don't know Bloodsport well enough. I didn't know Deadshot all that well either, to be honest. Right. So like I couldn't tell you what's accurate here. I've never but, even heard of Bloodsport before this. Yeah, so that's why I was I confused on what his superpower him, was. Yeah. You didn't have to repeat the daughter thing, except for this time, you just decided, okay, let's make it different. So let's make it a very hateful relationship instead of a nurturing one. Yeah. And then it was weird because then you launch us into this really highly charged emotional scene with Amanda Waller and him leveraging the daughter. And I'm like, he just got out of a screaming match talking about how much he doesn't care about this daughter. And I know he does. Yeah. But it was just this thing where it's just, it was so weirdly disjointed to me where I was like, we just watched this guy be the worst father of all time, in my opinion. And then now you're trying to make him, oh my God, now I'm pissed because my daughter's going to go to jail because of you. Oh my God, like that. Now I'll do well, this. Maybe it's a little disjointed. I me. feel like it's one of those things where only I'm allowed to be mean to my friends, you know, like only I'm allowed to it's, like, you know, be it, just, it just didn't <laughs> land for me. And then the rest of the film, yeah, he was fair, like totally nurturing fair. to other people. And I was like, you just you, think- at the beginning of this, we're an asshole. Well, I just feel like that moment with his daughter needed, I, need I, I think context. it was too subtle because you could see him getting sort of teary when he's like, you don't need someone like me in your life kind of thing. But I think it needed to be driven home a little bit more that he was pushing her away because of what he'd done in the past. Mm-hmm. And then we could care about it more or something. I sure. don't know. It was just funny going from, or maybe even some more space between the scenes. I truly think that would have solved it, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, it back to back. 
because literally we go from them arguing to the yes. other scene and it was just kind of like Ooh, this is you know, show him have some like really bad remorse over the, the exchange or something like afterward kind of so we see the real him yeah and then yeah. kind of you know but either way it's fine it's a minor bump but i just remember thinking really felt so weird to me in a way where i was like this feels awkward and it just felt like you're making it a toxic relationship because you don't want it to be so similar to the will smith daughter relationship right it just felt like a weird choice and then i don't know but i did have stakes in the film i will say i was very invested in sebastian rat catcher too oh pet. sure yeah and I was like, you protect this rat at all costs. I also appreciate yeah. learning that sometimes it was a real rat. Oh. He looked pretty good, but he wasn't. He looked d- decent. I will say when a lot of them arrived, it was really tragic to look at. But <laughs> but because, I mean, I like rats, but I wasn't scared. But I was like, these don't look real at all. Well, But he, it's hard. I get it. But he, I was surprised that he wasn't just a full CG mess the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I really, I was worried about him. Yeah. Well. And he made it. This is the thing in general I like about Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad. It's the name is there. There there are characters who are not going to make it through to the end. Now, the same rules or the same issue I have with all other comic book films, etc. I mean, all other franchises in general still apply. Like, I know Harley's going to survive because they're not going to kill Harley, right? They still need Harley or they still want Harley. She is the star pupil of the DC. Yeah, yeah. But also Margot Robbie as Harley is just fantastic, right? So I'm like, all right, I know that she's going to survive, so I don't feel stressed out for her. And then, you know, major spoiler again, but I was confused by Peacemaker dying initially because I was like, well, there's a show. What's going on here? They've been very aggressively Mm -hmm. pre-promoting the fact that John Cena's in the show. And then, the you know, the end tag, I was like, oh. I would have almost preferred that the show was a prequel and that you know, yeah. he actually did die or something like that. But, you know, I like that some of the characters I thought were going to survive didn't survive, like yeah. Polka Dot Man. I was like, oh, okay. We we rarely get people falling off. Yeah. No, that part of it's nice. And I was surprised at the beginning that they killed Jay Courtney off like they did. Because I was too. He has oddly stuck around. And mm-hmm. then also, if you remember, he was used to introduce Ezra Miller's The Flash into the universe in Suicide Squad because we see The Flash arresting him. And so, like that's oh, the I first time we that saw. <laughs> that's the first time we saw the Flash. Was, I don't remember. In, yeah, yes, it's in Suicide Squad, and so it's interesting because he was used that way, and then he's been here, and then you see his poster in Birds of Prey. She goes, "Hey, I know him." It's like a, a wanted thing. Oh, I don't remember that him. either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, she's walking out of the police station. She goes, "Oh, okay. hey, I know him," and like whatever. And so it's just this weird thing where he's been oddly present, and then to just and he's a decent, you know, celebrity in his own right. Whatever. Mm, he's not, uh, yeah. He's, I mean, you know, I think, you know, people, more people know of him than a lot of other people in the film, I guess. But really? I think, oh, I. Oh, I would think so. No, really? I maybe think I, I disagree with that. But OK, well, yeah, for me, I mean, maybe I just like him. So maybe I think that. But I don't know. But I mean, he was in Divergent. I know a lot of people like that at the time. Stuff. But anyway, whatever. He he's been around for a second that I just thought, OK, I was surprised that they killed him. And then, um, you know, because I always kind of thought he would somehow that character, Captain Boomerang, would somehow kind of, since we know we're supposed to be getting a Flash situation, I thought somehow it would kind of oh. be involved still. I don't know why, but I just thought it. So that surprised me. But Yeah, I mean, I think both he and Joel Kinnaman, and Margot Robbie, but she's, you know, such a big star. Yeah, I think I feel like Jai Courtney and, and Joel Kinnaman coming back were being good sports about it, right? They were like, yeah, yeah, we're cool with, and I assume Jai Courtney just has a good relationship with them. That he was like, yeah, I'll come back and be killed. <laughs> no problem. He's like, whatever. Yeah, I'll do one scene. I mean, you probably got paid a lot of money for that one, you know, two scenes. And, you know, hopefully like residuals and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I I always enjoy a franchise willing to kill people. Yeah. I I appreciate the stakes. It's more interesting. But yeah, I mean, 
all I want is to watch the Harley movie and just make a Harley movie. Like, why? I mean, I want the King Shark film. And I, I, I know, I know. I'm such a sucker for these like dumb, oaf, but sweet characters like Groot and King Shark. And I'm sure there's other examples, but I just, I love them so much. I love the juxtaposition. Oh, just I mean, me. I liked him more than I expected to. If that's helpful. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I will say also, like, I mean, there was a point where I turned and it was like a close up of him. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, okay, he looked pretty good. There were, because there were okay. a couple yeah. shots that far away. I was like, eek. But considering that he's, I'm assuming, not at all ever prosthetics, I think I saw the no, actor. No, no. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a like on set actor, it's, but he's not. But I was like, he's, he's, motion capture and CG and stuff. And I thought there were moments where I was like, oh, he looks pretty good, you know, as far yeah. as like, he looks like a, real, a real shark. So, so some of the effects were really wonderful. It wasn't like a, a special effects problematic movie. It's just, I just, the starfish thing was a lot for me. I mean, there were other things I would pick above the starfish for me personally that were problematic, yeah. like weasel well, there, there as a whole. I was like, ah. Weasel as a whole was, oh my God. And then a couple of scenes, I like Jackie and I were joking, like when Harley had her big, you know, big breakout scene, whatever, which was great. There were things that were a little okay, and I was like, okay, but, but I still buy it. I buy it. I, I can accept it. And Are you then, talking like, about the foot thing? On, I don't even remember at this oh. point, but like just her doing some some acrobatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, foot, okay. the foot, the foot unlocking. Yeah. That I mean, yeah. Oh no, that was fine. I was oh, saying that like, she does down, that kind of shit in the comics hallway. all the time. Yeah, that was silly, but I was fine with it. I'm talking when she's like running down that hallway and we're watching with the birds and stuff. Oh and, yes, yes. Okay. There were some moments where we're like, okay, whatever. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. But then later on. And they're like running from some disaster or whatever. And it's her and I forget who, two others. And they're running and jumping up. There were things. What is it? it Scott like, Man and, and Idris Elba. Yeah. 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 And there were things where it was like, sorry, no, I don't accept it. This is not, <laughs> this cannot. I'm not willing. This cannot be. I'm not willing. And it's just hard because sometimes it's whenever you're watching something and you see people running up of a, of a mess that's tumbling down. Yeah. It's just always such a decision to me. And it's like, you know, it's all special effects. You could have made that less unbelievable based on what was going on. You could have made it collapsing slightly later than it was to make it more believable that they're still able to run on this. But you make the choice. Yeah. And have it be that unbelievable and look so bad. But it's a comic book movie. It's going to look that bad. But it's still a comic book that people could do what I'm describing. Yeah. It's not... No real people can do that. So it's well, no crazy. real people are giant talking sharks or whatever. So I don't know. No, but I mean, like, it's like there's certain things it just baffles. It's not like you just did it in person and it looked kind of bad. It's like, no, you, you made this choice afterward and made it look that bad. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It basically, it felt like a lot of video games I played where, you know, there's always like a challenging sequence where you're, you know, you're the person, you're, you're in control of the yeah. character and they're like climbing through the rubble and stuff like that. Although more absurd to me on that front is the Idris Elba falling, constantly hitting another thing that allows him oh. to survive another layer <laughs> yeah. of this building. And I was just like... Yeah. Those are always fun. But at a certain point, you just kind of have to... With this, I think with this film, you either have to throw up your hands and go like, all right, I'm here for it. Or you're going to be miserable. Yeah, they're not trying to sell believability. And so I'm. Yeah. And somehow it still was more believable than Jungle Cruise. So that's true. For me, I was really excited for it, but also very apprehensive because I I don't think the first one is the worst film in the world, but I just thought it was, it could have been better, like a lot better. It, sh- it should be. Yeah. And this one, I was like, oh, I don't know, but I do, I like James Gunn. I'm a Guardians mm-hmm. person, generally speaking. And so I was like, all right, you know, this, the trailers have the humor that I like. And, and those moments really shone for me. But then. All the filler stuff. I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm I'm good. And there was there was, there was a lot of fil- I mean, there was a lot of filler too. A lot of filler. I I enjoyed the sequence with 
and and a little bit of the humor, even though it was so dark. You know, I like dark humor where Bloodsport and and uh, Peacemaker are like going through and like basically having their little you know jack off competition. Yeah, their dick measuring contest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just kind of going. And I thought that was like a fun the way they filmed it, and so I thought that was like a fun sequence, even though you're watching these people die, or whatever. And then finding out that they were all good people. Too. Yeah. You know, that was like, oh, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny. Like, I liked things like that. Yeah. But I will say it falls into that category. And it's not totally guilty of this in ways that others are. But, you know, we talk about these R-rated and it's like, oh, we can do an R-rated, ver- whatever. Kind of Deadpool kind of spawned that in mm-hmm. a way where Deadpool, to me, earns the right for the R-rating. And it's not to say that this movie didn't. But I do think there's a, a point of people are just obsessed with this idea of I want a rated R comic book movie. Mm-hmm. When it gets greenlit, it's like, okay, cool, let's go. And then let's just make sure this is a big bloody mess and blah, blah, blah. And it could have been worse. It really could have. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just kind of, okay, for what? Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I it just feels that way. And it kind of felt that way for sometimes to me. And I was like, this is, does not need to be rated R. You, but, well, no, I, I think know. it needed to be rated R, but they could have done the story in a way that did not need to be that you know oh, yeah this yeah. version is rated r i just mean like the yeah, yeah, story yeah. didn't need to be rated agreed, r agreed, like you, yeah. it's like they, they you added it moments in order it. to like gross things out and escalate it there's this weird thing in the industry that i think it this confused thing where people think rated r means it can be a better film and it's like there's no need there's no need didn't need to be you know in this kind of respect yeah. whereas again i think deadpool is an example of one because he's it's such a foul mouth and all this different stuff that where it's that vibe and all of these movies are kind of, not all these movies, but this, the humorous comic book movies often I do think are kind of following suit with the Deadpool vibe, which is ripped directly from those comics, which mm-hmm. is partly why I don't love the comics, because it's just like obnoxious. But it's like it's a humor that I just don't resonate with as much, but really lands with people and it translated really well on film, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you read a Suicide Squad comic and are laughing at every turn and you're certainly not laughing at every turn in the Guardians comic. <laughs> You know, so it's yeah. it's just it's interesting. It's different for sure. Yeah, just different. I mean, but that doesn't mean the thing wrong is, or like, bad. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read a ton of Suicide Squad, but I read a decent amount of it, and most of it wasn't funny. But they could make a Secret Six film based on like Gail Simone's run, and those mm-hmm. were pretty funny if they really wanted to do wacky. Yeah. I know she keeps talking about working on a project that she has not. They won't announce what it is yet, and I wonder what. It well, is. I hope it's Secret Six. Oh no, actually, I don't know. I you know. I'm having, <laughs> I don't trust them. I trust no one. I was, I was I just going to say trust her, even though I love her, she can't be trusted. So basically, like, <laughs> and as much as I liked Birds of Prey the movie, it's very hard for me because I love Birds of Prey the comics, and it is absolutely nothing like that. It is right. not remotely like the comics. So. It was Harley even... Quinn and some birds, but it wasn't <laughs> like, you know. But it, well, that, I mean, that wasn't even the real hunt. You know what I mean? Like, none of it was right. No, none of it was right. That is not Black Canary. That is not Huntress. You know, you can call them whatever you want to, I guess. But that's not, those aren't remotely the characters that are in the, the comics, which. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the I mean, no one cares. Ad- adapted material, right? Yeah, I mean, but why name? <laughs> It, no, it no, that's what I'm saying. It's like in it's comics, like, especially where they're just like, uh, we're calling it, call it this because some people yeah. recognize it, but it's nowhere near what the actual source was. And that's what's so frustrating about Birds of Prey is like, Birds of Prey is not that popular of a comic. It's not one of those ones that most people have heard of. So it's kind of like yeah. annoying to even bother using it if you're going to be that. Well, but I, yeah, like, no, I, I, I agree with that. Rant, but, then, guess, but. but then also they do a thing where I, they do this in Marvel too, in these films where they'll take a more, updated version of a character and then forget about the version before 
you watch Huntress, and this Huntress in the film, I've read comics with this version of this Huntress in here. She's not the original Huntress. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's this weird thing where she's not exactly. Which exact, comics course, is that one from? It is. She, it's, I'm going to have to look it up and get back to you. But I've, but I've seen this character with this kind of like, oh, this tragic backstory. But when you talk about a Huntress who's. Oh, like, no, no. It's, it's, I mean, Selena. it's this. Yeah. I mean, it's the but same backstory. It's Selena Kyle like, and Bruce yeah. Wayne daughter. It's like, there's all this different, you know, like they'll come and they'll just choose one. And then they'll choose this, you know, and just make it. And it's like, okay, but if you're going to call it this, why not use the one that was in that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I feel that. No, but she, I mean, her backstory was the same as the one before, I think. Oh, you're talking more like the characterization. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I mean whatever. I guess that's picky. I, I am who I am. Okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that once it's out of the hands of the original author and stuff like that, right? You know, you just... Well, Gail we Simone to... is the original author of Secret Six, and I still wouldn't trust her. Well, then I don't know. It cannot be done. But I was going to say, it cannot be done, but then I didn't think why The Last Man could be done, and we're going to watch that in a couple weeks. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, I do hope that they <laughs> they upgrade that story a little, though. I, I mean, don't have faith. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I hope that they modernize that story. I haven't read it in a really long time, but I just know that something that was written in the 90s is really not going to hold up in 2000. 20 especially with gender politics yeah so do either of you think you are going to watch the peacemaker show no okay i doubt it just because i have i mean and this isn't because i have some weird judgments against them i just have never really watched any of the dc shows unless you count hbo's new watch yeah that's why I was i've never so i've never really done it so i can't it. imagine i watched know. arrow for like 10 minutes because i thought the guy was hot <laughs> And then I was just so mad about everything that happens in it that because there's a I've heard that the flash I've heard these things are really good. I just never did it. And this is interesting, though, because I know they are kind of, I think, getting into their version of the multiverse, I think, right as well. But yeah, will this Peacemaker show be the official first thing that's gone from movie to show in that same universe? Because the others are different, you know? Yes, I think so, because everything else is on the CW. But did either of you watch any of Doom Patrol? No. No. Oh, I thoroughly love Doom Patrol. It's but it was on like DC's streaming service exclusively to start. Oh, and I'm then, a liar. I watched the first episode. I, I watched Harley Quinn's show, but yeah, that's all. I, I mean, yeah, animated. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, we're not catching animated just because I feel like that's good. Yeah, Harley Quinn's animated show is amazing. So I guess I have watched a DC show and liked it. I tried watching Batwoman for a minute too. Couldn't get into it. Um. Yeah, I tried a bunch of. I tried Gotham because I thought that would be like a, like a police procedural. Oh, I, I did I watch a whole season fun. of Gotham. Though. Oh, I yeah, did watch that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got the whole season, and that was like okay, but I just somehow fell off of it. And then yeah, I tried to watch. I tried to watch a bunch of them. I tried, I just they don't catch me for some reason. I think the the production budgets, even alone for the the CW or Fox produced ones, are way lower than what they're putting into Peacemaker, especially given like who's in it, right? Because whether or not you like him, and I actually really like John Cena. He is mm-hmm. very good at playing oaf, dumb, whatever, serious, whatever it is. I'm not even dumb because he's not dumb in this one, but he's just very good at playing like that character to me. I think they are putting a lot more production resources into this is my guess. But not, yeah. not, I mean, not of interest to either of you, it sounds like. <laughs> no, I mean. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's it's totally say, fair. That's yeah. fair, yeah. 
I'm not going to say no way until I get to that point in my life when it's coming out and I see a trailer or something. And I'm like, maybe I'm like, oh, maybe it looks interesting. I don't know. But uh, as I mean, I guess based on the fact that I I don't know the character very well from anything. And then if I had to base it just on his performance in this, the Suicide Squad, then I guess my answer would still be no because I didn't. Yeah. I mean, he's he's basically sort of Drax, right? Which is, again, another character who I happen to like and I get the sense that he's not either of your favorites. (laughs) So it makes sense as to why I'm excited for Peacemaker and (laughs) you two will probably not be partaking. Yeah. And it's it's all good, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that people enjoy things. Yeah. As I said before, everything that I dislike, unless it's something that makes me like infuriated because it's so just like defensively bad for the most part everything that i dislike for any reason i'm perfectly thrilled and happy that people are out there that do enjoy it sure. like i want people to like i want to like everything i watch and so i'm happy to hear someone that this is working for people in a lot of ways like, i'm happy to hear that because it's like okay great yeah, i'm totally thrilled that it that most people seem to enjoy this movie and really got into it and think it's funny and having a good time because i think for me I, i'm just thrilled when people like movies because i love when i love movies so you know it's the best. It's it's the greatest feeling. So I'm so happy that this is, you know, and I think that, you know, all it does is give DC more money to make maybe better films. I mean, I don't have a lot of trust, but I should be clear. I didn't love this movie. Like there were oh, lots of yeah, there were lots of yeah, parts of it that I was it. like, oh, God. And it yeah. was a really good background movie. Like I watched parts of it, like paid lots of attention. And the other parts I was like, I know I can zone out because this is just this this film does not ask anything of you, which is sometimes my, um, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my 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 San Jose friends really liked it. They were all very yeah. I was talking more about I think online. I'm seeing people raving about it, but I, I didn't get the impression that you loved it. I thought yeah. I thought you probably liked it better than us, but that you were kind of like oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I know I know quite a few people who were like really into it, which is yeah. great. Good for you. Yeah, happy. Good for them. All so, right. Well, shall we talk about Nine Days? Sure. sure. What it's quite a different you... film. It's <laughs> a total, total opposite. We're going to talk about opposite sort of opposite, Yeah, we're playing the opposites. August is opposites month. We're playing <laughs> one big budget superhero film versus this tiny indie, yeah. tiny indie film. Thoughts? Well, Jackie, you just watched it. Right? Yeah. Are you like yeah. fresh off of it? Yeah, I literally finished it 20 minutes before we started. Okay. I watched it yesterday. I ended up going to a theater to see it, actually, because it is playing here limited, Mm -hmm. which was fun to learn. Yeah, not not a big fan. Okay. Throw that out there. I I was really sad. I really wanted to like it a lot, and I really liked the trailer. I was super into the beginning of the movie. I was feeling it for a while, Mm -hmm. and then I didn't like it, and I think that And I really like Winston, but I think that he couldn't carry it. I think that this movie needed a better actor. I don't know if it needed a better actor or if it needed a different director and a little more objectivity. I think it needed a better character. Uh, Yeah. 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 I I think Winston could do it but yeah. the, it the, it just didn't match. just felt like it was just it was just disappointing because it started out so strong and cool the concept was really neat mm-hmm. of this like house where there's this person who has been alive who gets to choose who gets to be alive right right which is very interesting at least to me i thought that was kind of like a cool premise 
But then it just ends up being cliche and sort of disappointing with like how it goes on, right? Yeah. The fact that he... I, was, I think that's part of my issue with it is that I think this movie is a premise. It is an idea and it's not really a story. Like I, I really thought, of course there's a story there, but it just was so like, to me it was so flat and dry and I thought the premise was not an ounce more interesting to me in this film than it was in the trailer. Like, I, I knew the premise from the trailer. And so even in the beginning, when we were watching all those TV screens for like 30 minutes, which <laughs> I know is not true, but I was sitting there and I was like, is this ever going to start? I really was thinking, it was just, I was watching and I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, oh my God, I, I, I either, whether you know the premise yet or not, I was like, I get it. These are TV screens that someone's watching. Now tell us why he's watching them. Yeah. Like, I knew why. But like, if you don't know why, at that point, I was just like, please just tell us what, why he's watching them at this point. And it just wasn't captivating. His character was so bland the whole time. And I thought Benedict Wong brought a nice element to it. I cared more about him than pretty much anybody because at least I knew what his desires were. I know he wishes he could have been alive, you know? Like, an- Well, yeah. and it's just like this annoy- this guy who got hurt in life, you know, and life didn't treat him well. So now he's, you know, just repressing it or something not just repressing it, he's taking it out on other people. Yes. Right. Yeah, he's a douche. The fact that he picked Psycho instead that, of that to me girl, was the, the movie. I was yeah. just like, all right, I don't like this movie anymore. Well, what I really was, the thing about that is I could see rewrite all over. Like, I, I knew he was, it's like, okay, obviously I think in the original script he was going to pick Skarsgård. But I, you have to know they had this whole thing put together and then they were like, Oh, okay, but then now we're kind of sending the message that he's going to be sending another white sh- white shooter into the world, right? But then they went and then added the scene of them sitting around talking, and then they had Skarsgård go into this whole thing about how disgusting it is that people are evil and want to rape kids. Yeah, to make and I was him like likable, but it's like other than that, he wasn't likable at all. But I'm so sorry, like, but I, like every so other, but see, every other circumstance. He gave a bad example of what to do. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is it didn't it didn't feel earned or true at all. It just felt let me put this moment in here real quick to make people not hate the character. But that doesn't that character wouldn't have said that though. That's what drives me crazy. That's what I was like for the this person guy who who's steals so anti hundred dollars and the guy who you know what I mean? Like it just feels like No, I disagree. I think that character would have said it because they would have felt like that's what they should say in the moment. Their inner sure. monologue mm-hmm. would probably mm-hmm. have been something very different, but they're like, if I say this, it justifies it. No one can like fight against it. The movie, I think for me, had an opportunity to save itself at the end. And it would have been cheesy. But, you know, when he runs after her, because for those who haven't seen it or, you know, uh, Zazie Beetz is this curious, joyful soul who potentially could be given life on Earth. And, he, you know, Winston Duke's character doesn't pick her. And then he runs after her. And then for the movie to end with some, like, ridiculous acting monologue, capital A acting, and to him still not pick her. I was like, I just, hate this. This is this is just male entitlement thinking that, of course, the movie get like this character. This is what this character deserves as an ending, and like that. This white. It was a manic pixie dream girl thing. Like that mm-hmm. was so. It was so annoying to me because you know she shows him that he can enjoy life eating a peach and a day at the beach, and it's okay. But he somehow does have an understanding of the joys of life because otherwise he wouldn't be creating these moments for these souls that he doesn't pick yeah and i will give credit where credit is due i bawled at the beach moment yeah when, well, when yeah, that was that was part of my big thing with the film that i didn't like winston duke's character was so flat sassy was you know she was they, everyone was fine but it was just not that interesting 
the character of Mike at the beach and then the character of Maria, I thought were two of the more grounded emotional performances in the film and they get rid of them. Yeah. And I get it's supposed to be like, oh God, don't you're sad that he's getting rid of them. And you're like, yeah. why are you choosing them? But I want them to be around more. He was obsessed with the suicide or whatever of that person that he had picked in her life, the concerto girl. Mm-hmm. If that's going to be such a big plot point, can we just like make it emotional for us somehow? Like maybe we know more about her before she dies or I don't know, somehow make that important to us also. I think this goes back to the sort of inherent, I think there's an inherent sexism to this film because it's like, yeah. oh, this woman was important because she, or we are supposed to automatically, and any person, you know, life is important. She sh- It shouldn't matter whether or not she's a violin protege or not, but because they're like, oh, well, we don't want to bother explaining why this person matters. Let's just make it because they are, you know, talented. extremely talented. We'll use that shortcut. And I, it just feels lazy to me. Yeah, it just, I feel like it could have said something, you know, but it didn't. Yeah. Well, my biggest bump of the whole thing, I think, is Benedict Wong was talking about kind of, hey, we're choosing this. And then basically this ladder, like how high does this ladder go of who's choosing whom to, yeah. who to do what roles and stuff. But in this world we're seeing, who chooses the guy who committed suicide to, to get be to choosing be who life. deserves life? Yeah. Why do you trust this person? I think It's not to say, oh, you're a terrible person or an idiot if you commit suicide. I just mean... This is clearly someone who didn't appreciate life in the way that you, that I would think you'd want. Like, I would think you'd be choosing souls who lived life to the fullest and were pure souls and really understood what it meant to be like, to value life. Yeah. And, and you choose someone is... who committed suicide to be making this decision for everyone. Is it a lesson for him or should he be putting the right souls on earth? I kind of wonder what I, I don't know, assumed, but maybe we didn't, it wasn't earned. So I guess, you know. But I was kind of assuming that if you committed suicide, you became an interviewer because then you had to learn or the value of who could survive on life. You know what I mean? The value of life. But they didn't show that. So it's yeah. not earned. And I was just making but even that up, so, right? no, totally. But even so, with that logic, I'm still kind of, you become the interviewer, but then it's okay to teach you about life, even though now you're dead? Or what is the purpose? I thought of it was kind of like a, a punishment thing suicide. where you get to watch everyone else kind of live life i didn't feel like it was a pun at least i didn't feel like it was a punishment i felt like i agree that it felt like a lesson but it didn't it wasn't clear as to who the lesson was for right that's what i that's well he definitely seemed tortured which is why i kind of thought maybe it was sort of sure sure but i but also at the same time i don't know none of it was then the the other one we meet doesn't seem like she's tortured right so it's just no she seems fine yeah you know, why was Benedict Juan never allowed to live? Right. He's there to, like, give his opinion. Yeah, that right? was so like, bizarre. Just... Like, what is he there for if he never lived? I thought this was all just washed up folk, you know? Yeah. It was. I don't know. It also just felt like a bunch of acting showcase moments, right? Where it's just like, Tony Hale mm-hmm. is going to be in this movie. And he's they're going to have a bunch of scenes together. But, it's you know, it's just. I just see sometimes I see these films and I'm like it's it's just an audition piece or it's just a whatever mm-hmm. and you, there can be highlight moments from it but as a whole I just but I just I, feel like Winston didn't give me any of those I didn't care about his character at all no but but I, I don't think it was successful but I feel like the format of it when, the when, when whoever was writing it right like because yeah, it's the writer director right. when he was like he was like this is gonna be so great and it's gonna be this wonderful monologue and all this stuff and then in execution it's yeah it ended up being <sighs> just kind of B level. It just was like yeah, I was just okay, annoyed at him for fu- for like running out 
after her to do the thing that she wants. Like, well, that, that moment. That was selfish of him. I know that was her request, yeah. but I was like, you're yeah. an asshole. You should have picked her. There's no argue. What's wrong? But with also you? that moment to me didn't feel earned in the story at all where I was like, by the way, you had already flipped through her entire journal that all of which she filled up entirely about moments she was enjoying watching, right? Or mm-hmm. observations from watching. So you knew she was already having all these deep thoughts about and observing everything. And then because she says that she wrote things all over the house for him to blah, 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 whatever, and he goes and sees what clicked in his mind. I don't understand. Like, okay, so she was enjoying her time here. And so now that made you realize it didn't, it didn't feel like this big character journey revelation for me where I was like, he had this realization that he had to run out there and be like, oh, like I didn't feel that like I didn't feel earned at all. I just was like, okay, because you saw she wrote things around the house. What what does that matter? I mean, but I don't understand like why that was more. But what important. am I missing? Because like the whole time she was telling him everything, and she do you wrote want everything down that do journal. Do you want to do this? Like you know, she was always questioning him and like making like, him. What think was about it that clicked? And... That was oh wow, she's right this whole time. I know he I was. Know. I know there were scenes where he was. He was drawn to her honesty and he wasn't, he kept her around the whole time, even when she was reading him like a psychiatrist, you know? So obviously he was intrigued by what she was saying and everything, but it just, the for the emotional breakdown he had at the end, it felt like it was just like, oh, well, this is where we need the character to be in this finale sequence. So we're just going to do it. I mean, not saying this is successful. My guess is that what they were trying to convey, and again, not successfully, was like once he's made the decision and is, oh no, and then sees the stuff, that's what clicks for him, right? Once he has, there's a finite moment and he's he's no longer has choices. I, again, I'm not saying they did it mm. well, but this this to me would have been like, okay, the limbo is over. This choice is, and then you realize you are able to see the perspective because the stress of making that choice is no longer on you. Sure. I'm giving this, like, that ending more credit than it probably deserves, but that's what I... Oh, so, yeah. yeah. No, but that's, that is, I'm not being facetious, like, that's my question, because I, yeah. it just didn't resonate with me at all, so I was, I was struggling trying to even figure out what the director thought would click with us. Yeah. So if that and is it, I'm like, okay. But I, I was I like, all of a sudden he it. cares? Like, why are we, like, but, I yeah. but again, like, you're it, terrible. It was so selfish to me that he was like, it was mostly, it was for him, right? He was doing that final moment for him, not for her. And I was like, no, oh, she oh, just- it. Yeah. But I mean, I just hated the manic pixie dream girl thing anyway, you know. Yeah. 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 I thought when he had them both there and they're having dinner and whatever, I thought he was gonna and not that this is necessarily better but i thought there was going to be some way where he was going to send them both as like twins or something (laughs) like i kind of thought like he was going to send the guy who's tough but then send this girl that's this other soul that like is reasonable and kind of take a shot there with these these two people that can be really successful together or don't (laughs) don't send either of them you know but like this the ending that we got was just so yeah not satisfying, and not that every film has to have like a happy, satisfying ending, but it just didn't or feel better yet. And Seth I almost Benedict. wish we hadn't met that other interviewer because finding out the violinist, like we knew she killed herself, that was already obvious. We didn't need to see the letter weird connection and- with you know what I mean. In the letter, I feel I like know. they were trying to have Winston Duke's character's surprise reveal like I thought they were trying to have his reveal that he also you know committed suicide was supposed yeah. to be a big surprise and they were it was so telegraphed from the beginning well and he was and supposed to, that and it was supposed to it's supposed to highlight the, the finality of him feeling like a failure where it's like okay it's confirmed I'm a failure I picked a failure I picked, I picked me yeah you know that kind of thing but it was it didn't land for me but yeah but yeah what if he like what if he didn't choose them and he sent Benedict Wong's character 
That'd be I don't know if that would have been allowed, but that would have been because Benedict deserved it. That would have been way more interesting, honestly. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway from this film was, oh yeah, Benedict Wong is British. <laughs> I always forget. I was like, oh, oh yeah. That that's funny. All right, and that's bad. Yeah, and that's your I don't takeaway from it. Yeah, I just I don't know, but it yeah, it just was a it was a miss for me. It was just it sounds like it was for all of us, but it just was yeah I. I, it had potential. It was an idea, and I just felt like the story was barely there. And yeah, I just, I didn't know anything about it going in. You two just said let's watch this film, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, reading the premise and the people involved, I, I didn't even read the premise. Just the people involved, I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I it was a, it's a very good trailer, so I would recommend watching the trailer and then never watching the movie, and then that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, I almost wouldn't recommend watching the trailer because then you're going to want to watch the movie. I would almost just watch Soul. Yeah, that's true. Soul yeah. is a better version I know of it's this. still different, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's a better, like a more creative, not a more creative idea, but a more fleshed out, realized story about the importance and like appreciating life. Yes. Yeah. I would say. All right. And then to just swing completely in another direction, because that's what we're doing these days. We also watched Cooking with Paris on Netflix, which is Paris Hilton's new cooking show slash talk show i didn't finish it yet <laughs> i was like what a I roller coaster did. of a week R- yeah, really, yeah it's been it's been a true roller coaster really highlighting the various complexities of our personalities <laughs> yes but i think thankfully this is a, a good showcase of that we have a lot of common ground and that we all enjoyed this <laughs> yeah it's very fun um i would recommend it highly to anyone who likes laughing I mean, I don't know if it's just like a nostalgia thing or what, but I, but I also always enjoy people just living their life and being who they are. And I think that like, I know people that this, this Paris persona is a little bit on the fake side, but I also think that she really is extra and she really is that person who wants to cover everything in glitter and stickers and rainbow, you know, right and rainbow and rainbow and, and right yeah. and rainbow and just be this sort of. And you can tell she just is never – I remember – well, I don't know how far you got, but the uh, there's not real spoilers or anything, <laughs> I don't think. But one of the comedians – I forget her name, but they were making vegan oh, Nikki Glaser. Yeah, yeah. I made, it, I made it through most of that episode. Okay. I think that's where I dropped um, off. So Nikki Glaser is just like, you don't care about roles, do you? Like, you really just don't. Yeah. Because it was just obvious that she just she does her own thing, you know? Yeah, it – it's interesting that you say that it's a persona. I felt like this was a hybrid of the persona that she's been putting out for years and then more of her real self. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in the middle of it there a little bit too. Like I, I enjoyed the whole thing when I got through it all in one sitting. I've always loved a, a Paris thing. You know, just, I think she's hysterical. But yeah, I mean, I, I see both sides of it where I'm like, there is this thing where we did just, you know, learn so much about her talking about this persona was something she created out of trauma and Mm -hmm. kind of like what she decided the world wanted from her and all this and stuff and feeling you know you see her in interviews with like Letterman and different Sarah Silverman and stuff where they kind of make fun of her the way that that comedian kind of was and her reacting in a way where she laughs it off but then later reveals to us that it really bothers her and that kind of stuff and so it's this interesting kind of weird I hope what we're seeing is a fully realized Paris Hilton who is I am this person, I'm this person, I embrace all of this. I just don't know if it is or not. And I hope it is because otherwise it's kind of sad. That's You know what I yeah. mean? Like in a way where it, the first episode, especially with Kim 
And I don't know if I'm just projecting having worked with Kim. I don't know. But I felt watching that, that while Kim was in there, I felt like Kim was taken aback by the Parisness of it being kind of like, oh, you're still doing this. Mm-hmm. Thinking like we are that, oh, or at least like I was that it's not, you're not really doing this whole shtick still. After you just told us all that the shtick was created out of you putting on a mask. You know what I mean? So it's this weird kind of, I hope it's a fully realized thing, but I just, I don't know that I'm fully convinced, but I enjoyed it all. I did want to ask actually about the Kim thing and, you know, you can disclose as much or as little as you're able to, but I don't want to harp on someone's looks, but like Kim looks so different to me in that. And I'm really curious as to when, obviously they filmed it relatively recently. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Ooh, when in like the, the turmoil that she was facing is this. And it was interesting to see her in a less on mode, right? Because she's not filming Kardashians in this. So she's not her on-screen persona necessarily, but she's having to witness Paris be her on-screen persona. And so like the, just the dynamic there felt, as you said, very different. And I wasn't sure if that's, I I did not, I've not seen a lot of Kardashians, right? So I was just like, is that? Yeah. (laughs) It's hard because the Kim that I saw felt very, felt reminiscent of recent Kim. Like as far as like, seasons like I worked up through beginning at 20 so I saw her from season eight through season 20 for most of 20 so the evolution of her I guess this has kind of felt like a pretty realized version of that but also kind of a, a kind of a like almost like again taking it back like I'm like not didn't know what to really fully expect going into this show and just, just, just agreed to do it got paid showed up yep. and like is just trying to play off of what Paris is going to be doing because it's Paris's thing mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it kind of just felt it felt I've I've seen them together behind the scenes, not like I've been hanging out with them intimately, but you know what I mean? I've seen them together behind the scenes when we filmed with Paris before and things like that and seen how they are and it's not as much the way it was on the show. So it was, it felt weird uh, in a way for me. In what way is it not as much? But they, this felt, this felt like a performance. A bit. Yeah. And it felt, but it felt kind of like a thing because, because when you, again, I've talked to Paris very briefly. I do not purport to know this woman at all, but. When you talk to her, she doesn't talk like she does in these shows at all. You know right. what I mean? She talks more like in the doc, you know, kind of how she's like, seems cool and down to earth and stuff. And so the whole kind of ditzy part of the persona is a little bit kind of almost feels like, oh, okay, but is this, do you, are you doing this because it's just fun for you to do it now? Or is it like, are you still kind of stuck in that place where, like, are the producers telling you to act this way because that's what they think people want? And I will say, I watched, I, I watched her cooking show on YouTube. Oh, I didn't realize I she I had. watched last year. Oh. That's where this was born, I think, because oh. it's very similar. That one was just her. And it was this whole kind of the ditzy Paris persona, kind of, you know, the fun and colorful and this and that, whatever. But kind of like she showed us how to make that mac and cheese, for example. And it was, like, okay, this and just just do a shit ton of this and cheese. And then she's and then, you know, when you think you have enough cheese, just put more cheese because cheese is, cheese is the best. You know, that kind of like, it's just that whole kind of thing. And it was, I thought it was hysterical and I loved it. That was all before the documentary, but there were some episodes. And then I assume... Netflix, I don't know if they approached her or production. I don't know how this was born, but it almost, I was wondering how much felt like producers want, they're like, this is what they want. This is the story. Because, you know, whenever anything like this is happening, you're, of course, storyboarding the entire thing and saying, this is what we need everything to be like. It's not like it's just, hey, camera's up. Let's just see what happens as Paris and this girl cook this thing. Right. There's a There's a plot still at hand so I think it's just too many years working around TV maybe but I'm like sitting there and I'm like trying to dissect it and I couldn't figure it all out but I still enjoyed the whole thing and I still would watch it another season and I loved it I just like I said hope that she is really really happy and acting this way in her 
because it's fun, not like. I don't know. I I guess I I thought she was having fun. It felt fun to me. I don't know if that was just my own perspective on it, but I had a really good time. I thought it was hilarious. I love watching her go to the grocery store, you know, dressed in a gown um, and ask people what chives are. I like, you know, her using rhinestone spatulas and like pod, like making people so upsetting. Her her guests definitely ate some rhinestones. Like that's all I'm saying to you is like there's no way that they didn't. And and it had some deeper moments when she's talking to Demi later and stuff, which I won't give away because I know Dana hasn't gotten there yet. But you know, I I don't know. I had a really good time. I thought it was really fun and funny. Yeah, and like you, I hope that she's in on it but I I have to believe that she's in on the joke and she has enough money and time whatever now that she doesn't have to do anything so you know she can make her choices too. Yeah but she never had to do anything she never had to do Simple Life or any of that I think it's also she craved parts of the spotlight I think she still does but then there's this part of her like she talked about in the doc you know what I mean where she did this mask and then like this persona that she just it's like you get to that point where you think this is just what what people want to see from you and they don't want anything else from you and I hope that it's just she's in on the joke. That's all. That's all. And, I, and she very well could be. I just hope she is. Yeah. I mean, she's she's listed as an executive producer. So I feel like she has some some control over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I, I think I like about this, and I don't remember Simple I, Like, I watched a bit of Simple Life back in the day. But I'm like, I'm someone who I really like to bake, but I'm not good at cooking. And I know there are plenty of okay. other people who are also challenged in this. And so it's a weirdly almost relatable thing that she's engaging in but then actually seeing her like excel at it you know that obviously she has more money and resources than 99.999 percent of people so she can get the potato the you know the the french fry potato thing like the specialized thing and all that stuff and i'm like i would kill for her kitchen but i i appreciate that she is at least optically putting in some of the work and doing something that other people are also not necessarily great at and no amount of money can make you an amazing chef you know well i mean i think even her you know her mom and her sister well it's in the last episode i guess but it's still i mean they couldn't cut onions very well you know (laughs) so i think that like you know but i but i also have had times where i'm making food with friends and it has come out that weirdly because we're just like fucking it up the whole time yes you know so i'm i'm 100 the person who I think it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, I've become a better cook, but I think that, you know, there were times where I was making some weird bullshit. This is a slight tangent, but Matt, are you watching Beverly Hills? Yeah. Yeah. So Jackie, I know you don't watch, but her mother is currently on the season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it's so funny watching her operate. I'm like, one, I kind of understand where your daughter came from a little <laughs> bit now. Also, just in terms of the other women on the show. You can tell that they're rich, but they are not Kathy Hilton. Uh, very, no, no one is. Very few people are Kathy Hilton rich. And just the differences in how they behave is very fascinating to watch where it's like the rich and then the ultra rich and then watching Paris do this. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't approve of it necessarily, but I see where it comes from. <laughs> you know, like I get <laughs> get the template. You get where that apple fell from. Yeah, that is not <laughs> far, like, oh. not far. from. And Kathy Hilton is hilarious. I don't know if she's in on the joke either. I don't even know if she knows yeah. it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's a whole loaded thing too because I also, when going back to the documentary, I, I love Kathy Hilton. And I have to say in that documentary, I didn't fully feel that Kathy Hilton got it. No. Got what Paris was saying. 
no. with the documentary. No, well, Kathy Hilton lives in Kathy Hilton land. And, like, and it was very much like, because I, otherwise I would think that Kathy, that you'd be kind of showcasing a little more concern and remorse about certain things. Not to say she's some villain in the story, but, but like, and it, she just seemed very out of touch with what Paris was saying. And so I remember watching that and being like, oh, I love you, Kathy, but ooh, this doesn't make you look great. No. In no, the, in the doc. So, it's, it, yeah, the so doc has been a, a hard framing for the the show because I'm like, oh, I really just want to like blindly enjoy Kathy Hilton, but I'm like, yeah. Uh, but but I would say that's I think one of the things where it just kind of became a hard framing of of this show that I again thoroughly enjoyed. But I think if this came out a year ago, I think I would have loved it. You know what I mean? Like more. Than see, I, I think I would have hated it had this come out a year ago. Because I, I without the the like yeah. seeing behind the curtain of her. I think I would have been yeah. like, what, why, why is Netflix doing, like, what is, why? I could see that because you've got more of a respect for her as an actual human yeah. in the doc and then can kind of understand. Yeah, I could see that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. I mean, I was, I just, loved, I loved the show. I, I, had a, I had a really good time watching it. And I thought it was really funny. And now I just want to wear a gown and make things and cover them in glitter. You can. See, for I'm me, it just probably. made me really hungry. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm going to. Like, I, have, I have plans. <laughs> me and my friend Brenna are going to have a Paris Hilton cooking party. Oh. We dress up in, in gowns and we're going to make everything heart-shaped and covered in glitter. I was know? just going to say, how much edible glitter have you bought already? <laughs> it's very much in the planning stages. and okay. So who knows when it's going to happen. But it would be a good time, I think. I mean, I mean commitments have been made. Yes, just be sure to plan it in rainbow, you know, in your rainbow planner with your stickers and your... I mean, I would like buy, I honestly want to buy that cookbook. Like if they sold that cookbook... Oh, you know that cookbook is coming. And our handwriting, but I want it to just do things like not give us actual directions for anything. It's just going to say make French toast. Like that would be... No, I I think it'd be even funnier if it was a legitimate cookbook, but it was in like her in, you know, very colorful. But yeah, I I think it would be interesting if there were like actual legitimate recipes in there. Yeah, I mean. And with all the cooking tips that they gave on the show too. (laughs) But if I never hear the word sliver again, though, I... That that to me was the best sliding. To me was trying too hard. Yes, it was was like was a lot sliding into the like. uh, That was a little. That was a little far for me. But I did enjoy some of the the tips. It was like stop trying to make fetch happen. It was just very like that. Where I was like, oh my god, yeah, I can appreciate it. I like it. But I mean, I think it was said fifty times in every episode. And then I don't know if you got there, Dana, or if it was in the episode you're watching. But there's an episode where they actually talk about the origin. Yes, it's the it's the same episode. Yep. And it was like, oh my god, we do not need to keep hearing about this. No. No one cares about sliving. It's just not going to happen. It's not yeah, a thing. You got that's hot. Take it as a win. Yeah. You hit the zeitgeist. You don't need to yeah. keep keep yeah. trying. So that was a that was a little much, but that's where it felt a little kind of yeah. Again, that was like, a little like a, a character little. to me. Like where it's like oh, yes, okay, yeah. That, again, that that, that so to hard. me was like the backsliding of this is not the I'm not interested in this. The way I've phrased it is, and I again I hope it's not the case, but I, it felt to me the producers of the Simple Life who I did work with eventually but it felt to me as if those producers made this today so they were wanting that old Paris back for this you mm-hmm. know what I mean in a weird way where it's at a, at a time after we already kind of announced maybe that old Paris doesn't need to come back even though I like her and I want her around because I think she's hilarious but I don't want her at someone's expense you know what I mean so it's that yeah. thing where it almost felt that and then so I, I keep I think I just keep I kept on like Focusing on where I felt producers might have been pushing agendas rather than just like, because it could have been, I mean, I don't know, like I I could, I think what I would have loved more would have been this same thing 
with all the glitter and all the color and all the everything, but kind of this new Paris attitude of kind of like, well, I just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I just like things the way I like them, so I'm just going to do it this way. But less but of that's the kind of what I got like, from it. I don't know. That's what I. That's what I got. Which is like, I know everyone. Everyone else seems to not have gotten that, but that's what no, I got. I, 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 got, I, I, she, I like, generally got that. She gave no fucks, and she was like, you know, this is part of me. That's what I. I thought that she was just sort of owning this persona in in a way that, like, yes, it was a mask for so long, but this is sort of who I am too. And I don't know. But I don't know Kim personally or anything, but I liked when Kim was like, oh, my God, this is so you remember when we were like 20 and we had to go buy a bunch of stickers so that we could make our journals look different or whatever it was, you know, when she was telling stories about that. And so, yeah, I think but I think like the bright colors and the fun and that kind of stuff is is different from the oh, but also I'm kind of an idiot. Which mm-hmm. yes. is kind of the self-deprecation, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about. I think the fun, yeah, the all like the stuff, Siri, what think, is a whatever it yeah, is. Those I moments, think dre- are... dressing up and going into a store. Okay, cool, fun. But I'm sorry, she knows what a chive is. I just, I can't, I can't. Paris Hilton knows what a chive right. Is. And, so and the thing is, like, is like, like the chive like, was dumb. a little weird, but I can understand if she doesn't know what a tomatillo is. Oh, totally. But also the just inability to even pronounce it at all and stuff it, it kind of gets me back to it's not to say that there's there are words that even average I mean I can't pronounce half the words out there and that I'm sure she does fumble on things but they felt like moments of oh go ask this person this and say the word wrong it felt very performative and it didn't feel real and it felt like oh look how stupid I am those moments were the ones that I, I have more concern over than I love the glitter and all that I love all that stuff yeah I can I can also see that side of it honestly is but there's also the possibility that she has personally made that decision that she's like i'm going to own this we just don't know right yeah and that's yeah that's again like what i super hope but i hope that if she's owning that that it's because she thinks it's hilarious not because she thinks it's what people want from her yeah or it's like the only way the show will succeed producers are and if producers are telling her that's what we need from her because i've been in rooms where producers have told people things where it's give me more of this and you're like oh god but like so dehumanizing like why are you and then the person does it because it's like your, your producer's telling you to. I uh, I did appreciate that the producers would occasionally interfere and be like, you need to turn on the, the vent hood thing or like, yeah, yeah. like something smells like it's on fire. You know, like just the, like we are in peril. We have to say yeah. something. Yeah, no, and, that, and that was funny. But then also even in those moments, I'm like, but if you are someone who loves to cook, you know how to turn that on. And so the whole kind of like, oh, but I don't know how. Oh, I don't know. It was just kind of like, okay, you know how to turn this fan on. But do you, you think she actually it. likes to cook or do you think she just says Yeah, that? I don't think she likes to cook. I think she, she, she likes she to does. eat. She doesn't say she likes to cook. I think she makes these. I mean, I don't know. When she did her YouTube thing, it was very seemingly anyway. But again, it could all just be for a show. But it just seemingly was kind of Paris likes to cook. Like whatever the, this mac and cheese that she makes, she just does it. Like, I don't think it's like I'm in here like some big chef. Like, oh, my God. And I think she's trying to learn to do more cooking better and now they're doing the whole kind of I'm getting married and I'm having kids and this and that so I got that aspect but I think I don't know she unless she's just not unless she's not being truthful about it it's part of the shtick it's like she says that she really enjoys to go in there and make what the things that she likes to make like very specific things yeah that mac and cheese like I was saying that was on her YouTube show let me show you my secret for how I make this amazing mac and cheese and it was just like this funny kind of Did whatever but like more cheese it? I don't remember if she actually used a whisk or not. I don't remember. I, know, I remember the mac and cheese and I remember a couple things, but I don't remember if there was a whisk involved. But but it was similar where the instructions were not finite. I did laugh pretty hard, though, where it was like, pro tip, this is a whisk. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and again, and it's not to say that it's like, oh my God, people don't laugh at these moments. They're not fun. Like, well, it's not that at all. It's just more kind of those are the moments that I start bumping on a little bit where I still laughed at a lot of things, but I was more kind of, okay, but how much is this is you making yourself look like an idiot because you think that you need to do that. And I hope, again, I said it a thousand times, but I hope that that's just not the case. And I, you know, I'm here for it. But <laughs> I did laugh at Winnie Cummings showing up in this like in the camera like yeah i know but i felt bad for the other friend because the other the other friend was clearly trying to plug her brand did you see that I like know. she hands Paris something was... she goes, oh is this your new line and whitney just blocked the whole thing yeah whitney and now we like... have no idea what it was and you know we that have no idea like, what that was well she was, was. also yeah. actor and influencer and i was like oh you that's no. the, the yeah, ampersand so. is never good i also i just i didn't realize that she was actually engaged i thought she was just talking about hypothetically she's married and have kids I oh, just yeah, looked no, it up and I was like, oh, I guess she's engaged again. Oh, she is. I hope she I hope she makes it. I wish her well. Well, it was a a roller coaster of a week for us. It really <laughs> was. Very, very different things. Yeah, there was some enjoyment had. Yeah. Yeah. Some highs, some lows, you know? It's like Yeah. Some giant starfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. So for The Suicide Squad, I was looking up Bloodsport, and the first version of the character was a Vietnam draft dodger, and I don't think they have any supernatural powers. They're just a really good shooter and a gunman, and they get hired to assassinate Superman, and they have kryptonite bullets, because I was like, well, who's going to... But I guess I suppose the idea is that they are a good enough shot, not technically dead shot, though, who was played by Will Smith in Suicide Squad, and... They were originally looking at potentially recasting Deadshot as Idris Elba, but they wanted to leave space open for Will Smith if he wanted to return, thus bringing in Bloodsport, who I guess the character also has run-ins with Deadshot, but... The, the film versions are very, very similar. Also, the character having a daughter and that being a big motivation seems just isolated to the film version. Also, looking at the history of that character, at one point, someone takes the name of that. I don't know if it's the mantle. Someone goes by Bloodsport, who is a white supremacist. Comic history is just wild. And then in a similar vein of that, trying to look up which Huntress backstory Birds of Prey uses, wasn't able to identify a specific backstory. It seems like they were actually sort of mushing together a bunch of that character's origins as well. The very first appearance of that character, it's a really, really dark backstory, so I'm glad they didn't quite go with that, but they sort of picked and chose from various canonical things. Uh, The mob references, the becoming a vigilante and an assassin to seek revenge on behalf of their family. That stuff sort of stayed through, but it At least as far as I could tell, they were borrowing from a bunch of storylines that weren't exactly Birds of Prey, but not necessarily one more so than others. I could possibly need to correct this again. And then just super quickly, the foot thing I was talking about in regards to Harley Quinn and her acrobatic sequences is, you know, Harley in the film uses her toes to unlock the bindings that are holding her hands. And that is supposedly a real practical thing that that Margot Robbie was able to do. She's sort of using that as her talk show circuit story. And I I believe it. She seems talented. But that is the thing I sort of started to refer to. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.